0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line
1: without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom Home and Home.
0: All 32 continues today. Home and Home's off-season look at all 32 NFL teams. We're in the NFC East this week. The Eagles were yesterday... We'll go from the top to the bottom today. The Washington Redskins rebuilding under Ron Rivera. They've got a ton of cap money. What do they do with it? What are the burning questions for the Redskins this offseason? We'll talk about it with London Fletcher, the legendary Redskins linebacker. We'll join us shortly with a look ahead at the interesting dynamic between Dan Snyder, Ron Rivera, and and the quarterback are they moving in a new direction this season ask reddit though is one of the most interesting spots to discuss life's eternal questions on the internet and what we do here is we answer reddit on a hump day home and home i'm dave briggs i'm In Colorado, in my home state this morning, the high altitude. Yeah, I'm complaining about it. It kicks my butt a little bit. And Ross Tucker is home in Pennsylvania, into the home market of the Redskins shortly. But first, Ross, we answer Reddit questions today. And we start with one posted by user Calamity25, which is, what is that irrational hate you have for something? This is probably a more difficult question for you to answer because- Well, me, I I hate a lot of things irrationally. I've told you how I hate people that take an extra two minutes to back into parking spots. I hate walking behind people on the sidewalk that walk four wide and walk too slow and leave you no space to get around. I hate those of you who are too damn busy to text me back. Nobody's that busy. It takes 30 seconds. I hate mayonnaise. I hate it. I hate it a lot. I only really hate one thing my wife does, though, Ross, and that's, well, two things. Cleans up prematurely when I haven't even had a chance to pour my cereal or goes behind me and locks doors compulsively. So I've got a lot of irrational hates. I could discuss this on the Reddit forum for hours and hours. What about you? Oh,
2: those are good, Dave. Really good. Um, this is this is your category, bro. This is this is this is your time to shine. Um, I mean, I I really hate mayonnaise. Um, so piggybacking off of yours. And what's interesting about that is like why do you hate something so much that is a, a choice of a food product that you simply don't have to eat? But it's true, I'm with you dude. I feel the same way, I hate mayonnaise. So I'm with you there, people that don't text you back or email you back for that matter, it's just so rude. But I'm not sure that's irrational either. The two that I thought of that really bother me, really bother me, and you probably don't experience these as much because you don't travel as much. I absolutely hate when I'm in an airport and people just stand there in the middle of a moving walkway. This is not an escalator up or down, especially up where you'd have to be walking up steps. I get it, you got luggage, whatever. Who are the psychopaths that don't walk on the moving wait for it walkway moving walkway? It is not a moving stand in the way and whatever. It is a moving, I was going to say Aunt Jemima. That was the only aunt name that came to my head, Aunt Jemima. I love syrup. This is not a moving standway. It is a moving walkway. You literally walked to get to the moving walkway. It's kind of awesome. When you walk while you're on it, it's like you're walking three times as fast. You pass the other people on the side. It's amazing. Why, how could you be that lazy to stand on a moving walkway? And not only that, Dave, that would be bad enough. But they stand right in the middle. Hey, how about getting that little thing in your head that God put in there? It's called a brain. The sign says at about 10 places, stand to the right, walk to the left. Oh, no. No not these geniuses, they they stand to the left, or right in the middle, and then have their bag here. So you have to get up to them uncomfortably close, see if they figure it out. If they don't, then you have to say, excuse me, I'm enjoying life. I have things to go, do, people to see. I'm not trying to just rot away the rest of my existence on a moving walkway, okay? I I got things to do, people to see, or maybe things to see people to do, but at any rate, I gotta go. Unbelievable, almost as, that's worse than people that drive slow in the left lane in a highway (sighs) and don't realize they ruin everything. You are the people that cause accidents. You think you're a safe driver because you're driving slowly, you're not. You're a loser, you have no aggression, you have nothing going on in your life, and you cause accidents, because then we have to pass you on the right, which isn't as safe, and you promote road rage. And by the way, what you're doing is illegal. It's more illegal than me driving over the speed limit. You're driving, you should only be in the left lane to pass. That's what the signs say. Stop being such a loser, okay? Get in the right lane. Here, here, here's the, here's the, the be-all end-all. Wait, how's it illegal? Away, you're only supposed how to be in the illegal? left lane to pass. You're only supposed to be in the left lane to pass. Stay to the right. At certain states, Dave, they have signs, and they will pull you over. If you are just cruising in the left lane at like 55 miles an hour... They will pull you over. It says keep right except to pass. It's the law. I I don't know what states, maybe Pennsylvania, Jersey, keep right except to pass. It's the law. It's a law. And gosh darn it, I am a law-abiding citizen. And so I only pass. I'm in the left lane.
0: I would share your frustration with guy who stays in the left lane. Now, I think guy who stays in the left lane is one of the worst people in the world, far worse than the guy who stands in the middle of the moving walkway. That I can understand a little bit because at least in their head, they're thinking, I'm keeping traffic moving by standing on the walkway. And you don't really save much time, Ross. Let me just fill you in here, bro. If you're to go around that guy now, if you're in the fast lane and you're able to go your speed, you might save 15 or 20 minutes in a given trip. But if you're at the airport and you're all annoyed, like a Dave Briggs type figure, which it sounds like you are. If you pass that guy on the left on a moving walkway, you probably save about three or four seconds tops. So I'm just going to save you that frustration. Don't worry about that guy. Don't worry no. about the guy who stands Wrong. in the middle. Just take it and- easy, bro. Take it easy.
2: Hey, hey, guess what? When I'm on my deathbed, I'd pay a lot of money for five more seconds. And guess what? Those seconds add up. And not only that, it's the principle. It's the principle. It's not the time you're saving. It's just the concept. We have to stand for something as a society. We have to stand for something as Americans. We can't even unite on walking on the moving walkway or at least if you're going to be a lazy piece of shit stay to the right so people that want to walk can pass you at least give me that Dave Briggs
0: I'll give you that I'll give you that I'm just trying to save you the frustration because you're only going to save yourself two or three seconds and those seconds are probably going to be standing at a gate that you're going to be just standing there waiting for your plane to arrive. Anyway, I'm just trying to save you a little bit of frustration. Wrong, I sit down,
2: I get my laptop out, or I get my phone out, I text people, I do things. Very important person, a lot of very important things to do.
0: You do, I don't have that much to do. I'm not that of an uh, important guy. I have a lot of free time. A lot of things annoy me, though. I mean, you know what really annoys me, but it's probably not an irrational hate. It's probably a very rational hate that I hate people that, one, never remember your name, ever. You meet them four, five, six, seven times, still can't remember your name, or at least remember enough to fake it and say, nice to see you again. Number two, or maybe this is my seventh thing I hate, but that guy or girl that every time you talk to them tells you about their children and doesn't ask a single thing about yours. That guy is worse than that idiot in the fast lane driving slow, man. I hate that quality. Don't tell me about your kids. If you're not going to at least pretend to give a damn about mine.
2: That's a good point. Really good point. And you know what? I mean, I think it's interesting I love what you said about people not remembering your names. That's big. Um, do you have a go-to, Dave, if you can't remember a guy's name?
0: I think I use Buddy. Um, if it's a guy, obviously it's Buddy. If it's a girl, I don't think I have one. But look, the the fact is I'm not great with names, but I at least will remember a face and have some recollection of meeting that person and nice to see you. Nice to see you saves you there. And the guy that literally looks at you or the girl like they haven't met you and can't remember your name, both. That's inexcusable. At least learn to fake it, man. What's your go-to?
2: Yeah. First of all, you should absolutely fake it. Number one, but number two, my dad, I can remember growing up, my dad would take us to a lot of like, business conventions or meetings or whatever. He had an unbelievable one. He would like, when he saw the person, he would initiate the conversation because no one thinks you don't know their name. If you initiate the conversation and he would initiate it with great vim and vigor. So we'd be walking, there'd be a guy 20 feet away that my dad would recognize he knows that he's a business contact, can't remember the guy's name. And from 20 feet away, my dad would be like, hey, hey, there he is. How are you? Come here, meet my son, Ross. And I was taught yes. to say, hi, I'm Ross. Nice to meet you. And the guy would say, hi, Ross, I'm Dave Briggs. And my dad would be like, Dave, it's so, I'm so glad you can meet my son, you know, cause then you don't know that he didn't know your name. And my dad like if you if you do it, if you initiate and you have great enthusiasm, they'll never they it'll it'll never occur to them that they might not know your name. It's another life hack. Another life hack with Ross Tucker, boom. <gasps>
0: Ross Tucker saving you those awkward social situations. Another Ross Tucker life hack. I'll bet Dan Snyder is that guy that can't remember your name and doesn't even pretend that he has met you before. Dan Snyder That's an interesting topic. And speaking of Dan, all 32 continues today. We're looking again, all 32 NFL teams this offseason. What are the burning questions about the organization NFC East this week? Yesterday, the Philadelphia Eagles, who we both agree is Super Bowl contender. And let me just suffice it to say, both of us agree the Washington Redskins are not a Super Bowl contender. Probably three, four, five years at best away, despite the hiring of Ron Rivera. 3-13 3-13 and 13 last season in which Gruden was fired. Let's look back on the Redskins last season with the Radio.com Red Zone. I can't believe it. The Redskins
1: made two first-round selections. Everybody got what they wanted. The Redskins were one of the three or four stories of the night in the NFL last night with what happened. Oh, they definitely were. And if you're
3: a Redskins fan, you should be very excited this morning. I really believe that. Dwayne Haskins has a chance to be the quarterback here for the next decade anybody not there that is supposed to be
1: yeah trent williams guys uh is um, not here unless he's hiding in the building tough
2: dude one of my favorite players in the locker room one of the best leaders on
3: the team he has played for 9 seasons
4: well this news the, the news you just brought kind of changed everything because now we're officially in a
3: redskins offseason <laughs> that's officially right it now. took a while but we got because, there because exactly we're finally there now Coming into the preseason, I had them at around eight wins. Mm-hmm. I'm now taking the under. What did you have them at before and now? I had them at six, and I've still got them right there. At 20 to 7 at halftime, you're pleasantly surprised. The weapons, which you weren't sure about because they were unproven, were delivering, but then it all came crumbling in the second half.
1: Essentially, they didn't do anything in the second half. Yeah, I don't, don't know. If
2: the coll- completely <laughs> collapsed.
1: The defense the killed half.
3: them just as yeah. much as the offense. Second half.
1: Last year, they gave up 43% on third downs. That was good enough for 29th in the league. This year, they're giving up 63%. That's how bad they are. Can't get off the field. They're like historically bad. Mitch Trubisky
3: worked the Redskins defense. I like that. I love that Josh Norman had I love that he had a front row seat to another roasting, another deep ball that went over his head. He stinks.
1: Redskins (laughs) can't get
3: away from him quick enough. What's the downside of playing Haskins this week? There's no real downside. Maybe I would play him. I, I point. The only
2: downside for me would be you're playing him behind an average to below average offensive line, in my opinion, and I, I don't think he's
1: going to sh- play much better than you expect.
4: The decision has
2: been made. Jay Gruden has been fired. Your reaction?
4: You're throwing a deck chair off the Titanic, essentially. They wasn't a great head coach. They were disorganized. They were out of shape. There was no attention to detail. There was a lot of things wrong. But th- there's there's fundamental problems with Washington. There's fundamental problems with the organization.
3: It's gotten to the point where there's zero buzz for Redskins games. Yeah, I, did, I don't Did think you ever to... imagine that no. years ago? The amount of people that list the Redskins as their favorite team, these mm-hmm. are D.C. residents who were asked, was half of what it was 10 years ago.
0: When you went into halftime and saw Dwayne limping, how much consideration was given to going to case, if any at all?
1: He was cleared. He was fine. So there was uh, no consideration at that point. So there's no consideration by the coaching staff. None whatsoever. So he was cleared by the doctors and
3: trainers? Yeah, that's what Callahan went with. In the last 24, 48 hours, they get rid of Bruce Allen, and now they have hired a head coach in Ron Rivera, and we're wondering... What you think about this, a five-year deal, is this too long of a commitment? And if you had to bet right now, will he have a successful run with the Redskins in these five years? That's a look back at the
0: Redskins 2019 season, radio.com red zone, courtesy 106.7, the fan in DC. Check them out anytime on the radio.com app. A look back at that year. It was ugly. 3-13, 3-13, and 13, certainly not Jay Gruden's fault, but he was fired. If you want something to hang your hat on, it's that there was a five-point loss late in the season at Green Bay, a team that, uh, you know, I don't love them, but that's a team that won 13 games, and then you've got a lead over Philadelphia late in the season, in the fourth quarter. So there was some sense of optimism if you're searching for it late in the season. Ross, what is your five-hour energy burning question about the Redskins' offseason?
2: Well, I think it's the burning question for a lot of teams this offseason, Dave, and it is the quarterback position. Is Dwayne Haskins the guy? Is Ron Rivera the Convinced he's the guy or is at least Ron Rivera feel good enough about him, Dave, that he wants to ride with him moving forward. You know, if you're Ron Rivera, you probably don't envision drafting number two overall again anytime soon. So is this your opportunity to get to a tongue or Justin Herbert or maybe Joe Burrow? Or is this your opportunity at on some level, Dave, to get a quarterback, to get the quarterback you want if you don't think it's Dwayne Haskins? Or do you take Chase Young because you're Ron Rivera, you're a defensive guy, and you say, hey, let's get him, and we'll give Haskins another shot. If Haskins isn't the guy, we can figure out quarterback next year. But Haskins did enough at the end of the season – to at least get this year to show what he can do.
0: Not a Dwayne Haskins guy myself, two and five in his rookie campaign, 58%. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. Yes, to your point, I think if you're not in love with them, you go quarterback. If you don't, the good news is you can really hang that pick out there and allow someone to blow you away with an offer, someone that wants to move up and take us. So it won't shock me if they move out of that spot. My burning question on the Redskins is, will Dan Snyder get out of Ron Rivera's way? or will he continue to meddle with that organization? Let's talk about it with London Fletcher, Super Bowl champ and four-time Pro Bowl linebacker with the Redskins. London Fletcher, awesome to have you on the program. It is Dave Briggs and another former Redskins player, Ross Tucker. Great to have you on. What's your number one question about the offseason for the Redskins? <laughs> uh,
4: number one question, Um, you know, obviously, uh, what, 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 what they're going to do uh, with the number two pick. Will they stay or will they, um, you know, I know some teams will want to come up and get a quarterback, as you just mentioned. Um, Will they, uh, you know, trade out of that pick? That's probably the number one um, question for me. Also, and then secondly, um, you know, if I had a second question, um, is Trent Williams going to stay there? I think, um, you know, by them making the changes, uh, Bruce Allen no longer being there. Larry Hess, who's the head trainer, no longer being there. Um, those are good signs um, for possibly being able to mend their relationship. So uh, that would be my second question.
2: Fletch, always good to hear your voice, buddy. Really, really appreciate the time. Um, Let's start with quarterback. You know, from what you saw from Haskins last year, how do you feel about him? Do you definitely think he's the guy? Do you think you just give him this year or should the Redskins – Consider pulling an Arizona Cardinals and drafting a quarterback again.
4: Well, I don't think they should uh should pull Arizona Cardinals and and draft a quarterback. I, I I like what I saw from um from Haskins as he got more season as he went in uh he got better week to week and you know, he wasn't um I didn't think he was totally ready to start as a rookie coming out of um Ohio State just based on um, you know, when I evaluated him. And I'm a big Ohio State fan. Um I saw I liked him playing for the Buckeyes, but you know when you're talking about making that jump to the next level, you know he struggled with some of the things that you would need to uh, be able to do as a pro. Um, but with that being said, once Haskins learned how to prepare as a as a uh, pro quarterback, having a full week of taking all the reps and uh, in practice, and you saw him uh, get better week in and week out. Now he'll have a full full uh, off season. You know, going into the offseason season as a starting quarterback, and, and he'll have thousands of reps that he takes with the uh, with the first uh, first team offense. And you know, I, I think um, I think he's a guy that they can say, hey, you know, we like where he was progressing. We'll continue to um, see his growth through the offseason. season. I think um, you know he's going to get better. I don't think a quarterback is something that, a position that they need to address in terms of uh, going out and finding a starter. Not at all.
0: London Fletcher with a Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowl linebacker with Redskins, and now with CBS Sports. To your point, yeah, last six quarters for Dwayne Haskins, over 70% completion percentage, 394 yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions, so certainly got better uh, later in the season. My burning question was, will Dan Snyder get out of the way of Ron Rivera? The one word we always hear attached to him is meddling. Will he stay out
4: of Ron Rivera's way? <laughs> I, I, that's, that's, uh, and Mr. Snyder, our dad, he doesn't does meddle as, as people, as much as people think. Um, you know, I was with the organization for seven years, and, um, you know, I, the thing that I always loved about him is he was willing to do whatever, um, it took to, uh, help us, provide us with the, the resource to win. Um, uh, you know, he's never been, um, shy about spending money. Getting, giving us whatever we needed as players to uh to win. Um so all that stuff has been overblown and uh, overstated about um uh, you know um him meddling with the uh with the head coaches and things like that. So um I don't think it's gonna be any, a problem. Um well I know it's not gonna be a problem. And then if you look at what um the changes that he made during the during the off season, um, you know, with the the um you know letting go some people that, you know, most thought um, would never um let go by Mr. Snyder um you know those were uh some big big decisions that that he made and he's he's um obviously uh gave uh Ron Rivera uh control over uh over the, the football side of things
2: Fletch did you just call him Dan does he let you call him Dan
4: yeah he lets me call him Dan <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like it. Yeah. I like it. He wants me to call him dad. I still have a, I still, I've been, when I was playing for, I was so used to calling him Mr. Snyder, so I'll revert back and forth, but uh, yeah, yeah, I can call him dad, man. I, I
2: like it. I like, I mean, I never really, I never really talked to him very much, but I always, I guess, referred to him as Mr. Snyder, but I never really heard very many players call him Dan. I like it. Um, how do you feel? overall about the team now that they got Rivera in there I would imagine that you're like that you that you're the kind of guy that likes Rivera as a coach with the defensive mentality linebacker background
4: you know I like to hire um I live down in Charlotte um Tuck and um I thought Ron is a really good coach um last year in, in Carolina things kind of kind of um went haywire obviously with um with Cam and his injuries those those things um, played a big part in in them uh losing a lot of uh, losing a lot of games but you know I really like the Rivera hire um you know he's a he's a stand up guy he's going to command respect uh he's going to um d- d- demand um accountability from his players from everybody in the organization but I think his temperament and his in his uh, you know makeup is is one that that will will be uh, appreciated throughout the organization.
0: London Fletcher with us, Super Bowl champ, four-time Pro Bowl linebacker now with CBS Sports, talking about the Redskins offseason. It's out with the old, in with the new. They cut Josh Norman, the Pro Bowl cornerback. They cut Paul Richardson. Got some interesting young pieces there, in particular Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver, 919 yards receiving. Darius Geis got hurt, but still 5.8 yards per carry. So, some interesting young pieces with 54 million in cap room this offseason. What's the priority for the Redskins?
4: Well, I think priority, first and foremost, they got to get better um, defensively, especially on the back end of that defense. Um, uh, The secondary really struggled um, at the cornerback position. They, they, you know, a lot of plays, big plays, giving up. um, a lot of big touchdowns, uh, so you know that's why you see the uh, the Josh Norman move being made. Um, so I, I would see see them adding, you know, possibly two corners, maybe even a safety. Um, like to see them maybe get a. Uh, get more athletic at the uh, the linebacker positions. I know um Ruben Foster is there. I don't know uh, what his status will be, but uh you know they're gonna get, they're gonna need to get some more playmakers at the inside linebacker position. Um, they're making a change to a four three defense, but I think we're also which I think will also benefit them because when you go to that four three defense, you uh, what you do is you, you allow the defense of front to put more pressure um on the passer um you can you can make more plays in the backfield and tuck your former offensive line lineman and and a lot of times depending on the style of three four defense you play it's not about penetrating and making tackles for a lot a lot of times it's about holding holding linemen up and um, letting your linebackers uh make the tackles but um when you're in that four three especially a four three defense that's going to be penetrating and attacking it creates a lot of problems for uh, for offenses
2: Yeah, Fletch, you kind of talked about this earlier, but I want to go back to it. You know, you played for the Rams. You played for the Bills. We were there together. We were there in Washington together a little bit. You know, the Redskins are the brunt of a lot of jokes. People talk about them now like they're one of the five worst franchises. You were there a lot more recently than I was. Do you you think that that's unfair, or do you think that it really is that bad there?
4: No, I don't think it's that bad. There. I think um, you know, it's when you lose, Tuck, that's that's. I mean, that's gonna um, you're gonna create a lot of attention. I think in the and the fact of the fact that where they are, you know, it's the nation's capital and the NFC East, um, um, you're gonna draw a lot of attention. If you lose in third places, you you don't losing in Cincinnati. Even when we lost in Buffalo, you didn't. You know, you didn't garner that national attention, but this is Washington D.C. Um, now they've uh, they've brought a lot of attention nationally um, national attention on themselves by some of the some of the um, some of the blunders they've had. But um, I think when you look at the young talent they have, the hiring of Ron Rivera, some of the other things, I think um, they're headed in the right direction in terms of getting back to their winning ways.
2: Last question, Fletch. I'm going to ask you this every time I talk to you for the rest of our lives, because you started 240 straight games in the NFL, not including (laughs) playoffs at middle linebacker, which is absolutely insane. So you're like five, six years out now. How are you feeling, dude? I got (laughs) to know.
4: I feel pretty good, man. I, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate that I've never had like a, um, major, uh, catastrophic injury, like, uh, you know, a blown knee, um, you know, things like that. I had, um, two surgeries, but they were just, um, some scopes, um, clean out, um, bone spurs. So I never had any major injuries. Um, you know, but I, I feel pretty decent. I think, um, you know, staying active has been key for me. Um, um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, but, um, uh, Physically, I feel I feel pretty good, man. You know,
0: <laughs>
4: I, I can't complain.
0: Good to hear because London we see so many stories where that is not the case and many people around the football world in particular worry about Jordan Reed the Redskins tight end still under contract seven documented concussions no telling how many were undocumented what should the Redskins do there should the NFL step in and say it's time we take this guy off the football field. What will the skins do with he and Alex Smith, who said he's lucky to have survived his catastrophic injury. He's still on the books for more than $20 million.
4: You know, I was, um, uh, I was a teammate of Jordan's, um, you know, uh, I think two years. I want to say, I can't remember if it Jordan's rookie year it was 2013 or 20, I think it was 2013. So we were teammates one year and I was there the, the year he had his first concussion. And, um, um I remember, um, you know, how we, how that, um, you know, situation kind of played out. But, um, you know, in Jordan's case, he's had so many, um, as you say, documented concussions, Now you never know how many undocumented concussions he's had. Um, it, it comes a play time and place where, you know, his family, his friends, um, people who are close to him has to say, um, you know, Hey, Hey Jordan, it's not, um, it's not worth it, man. You got to look at your, your long-term health, um, and 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 walk away because you know we all know um, we've had enough examples of of guys who've suffered major concussions and what they look like you know twenty thirty years down the road and um, what their life is like so it's a situation where somebody who's close to him has to say hey Jordan it's it's time to walk away and he and um, you know I know for a young guy like him especially a talented guy he wants to continue to play but I think he um, he he may have to come to grips and say it's it's, it's time to walk away.
0: And what about Alex Smith? Will they hang on to him, or should they feel obligated to pay him the more than twenty million?
4: Well, his contract—I um, don't know what his contract situation costs. So I know he had injury guarantees, so once he got injured, yeah. um, you know he was still on—he was going to get paid regardless. I don't know what—I um, know that was the case last year. I don't know what it is this year. Um, if there still are some uh, injury guarantees, so it may be a situation where. We well, don't have a, uh, a choice but to um keep him on the roster because he's gonna get paid regardless. Um, you know, I know they're gonna support him. I know um um, you know, um Dan is real close to Alex. Um um so I know he wants him to uh you know, resume his career, but um it's still a long a ways away before Alex is even able to um, you know, get to that point where he can truly say whether he, whether he'll be able to play again.
0: Interesting offseason decisions for the Redskins who have new head coach Ron Rivera and $54 million in cap money. London Fletcher, great to have you on. CBS Sports, former Super Bowl champ and four-time Pro Bowler. Great to have you on. We appreciate the time.
4: All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate
0: it very much. We're going to take a quick break here on a hump day, home and home. When we come back, is St. Louis more an XFL town than an NHL town? Some numbers that might shock you we'll talk to a sports director of KMOX in St. Louis we'll also dive into the Rob Manfred situation LeBron James the king taking on the commissioner of baseball and Manfred with an apology, but did it go far enough? We're back after a break. We really need new phones.
1: T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. <laughs> You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor.
0: You are a fighter. Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Should MLB Commissioner Rob Manford take his name off of the Commissioner's Trophy after his remarks about it being a piece of metal? And did his apology go far enough LeBron James taking on the commission. We'll get into that in a minute on Hump Day Home and Home. I'm Dave Briggs on the road in Colorado, my home state, Ross Tucker's home in Pennsylvania. And we're diving into the XFL this morning because some shocking numbers across the country. The ratings down, but still a very workable number for the XFL. Is it part of the national sports conversation? And is St. Louis more an XFL town Then an NHL town. Let's talk about it with Tom Ackerman, sports director, KMOX in St. Louis. Tom, great to have you on the program. It's Dave Briggs and it's Ross Tucker. I had to look at these numbers about 17 times because I don't believe it. The XFL almost doubled the television rating of the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues. How is that even possible?
3: The curiosity. Here you go. Here you go. Right here. You see that? That's, that, that's, <laughs> there it is. Uh, the, uh, the curiosity of the XFL mixed in with the fact that this is the only market in the XFL that does not have an NFL team. In fact, St. Louis is the largest market in America without an NFL team. It's also, I think, um, you know, the fact that the Rams moved out recently and people are still upset about that. Uh, But I think mostly this is a great sports town. This has nothing to do with the St. Louis Blues. They are Stanley Cup champions. They are drawing huge crowds. The place is packed every night. Uh, This is the fact that it's on big networks. It's football. And people are excited to see it. And I think that's a a huge part of what's going on here. The St. Louis Battlehawks are going to play their first game at the Dome at America Center. Their home opener is this Sunday. They have sold, guys. 27,000 plus tickets for this game. That's the entire lower bowl. It's sold out. All they have left are suites. They are not going to open the upper level. And in fact, they have no plans to open the upper level for any regular season game. The reason for that is the cost of staffing and and other issues. So the dome, which holds about 60 plus thousand will be half full, but on TV, when you see the lower bowl rowdy and loud, it's going to be an incredible environment. People are excited about it.
2: That is awesome, Tom. I'm excited about it. Um, I I guess you, you touched on a bunch of different things there. I'll start with the excitement around the XFL team. Is it about the XFL, or is it about sort of sticking it to the NFL and showing that they can
3: support a team? That's definitely the latter, but the XFL is a league that I think people are very curious about and want to learn more about. When the novelty wears off, then you deal with how do you draw those crowds and sell those tickets and sell that gear. But for now, who cares? I mean, you're selling tickets like crazy. You're selling gear. I just showed you one T-shirt that's coming from another company here in St. Louis that's just cranking out shirts. Uh, People are excited about having a team again. And yes, this is to show everybody associated with the other professional football league that St. Louis is a football town, is a sports town, and is excited. It just so happens that they're playing this game in the home of where the Rams used to play. That adds to it as well. And yes, the wounds are still fresh from Stan Kroenke ripping this team unfairly out of the city of St. Louis. These are fans who stuck by this team. Even when this team was not doing well, they were drawing 50, 55,000 a game. And when the team was, I mean, they were absolute rock stars. They went to two Super Bowls in three years, nearly went to another one a few years after that. So this is a a city that's very proud of its teams. The Cardinals are the king, of course, and have been for a long time. But the Blues winning the Stanley Cup was a massive celebration, and St. Louis is just continuing momentum. We're kind of in a sports renaissance right now, just added an MLS team. There's just a lot of excitement overall about sports. But, yes, I I think that that was part of the Cronky departure, is that he really scorched the earth behind him and said, St. Louis can't support sports. Well, we'll see about that.
0: I can tell you, even where Stan Kroenke has professional sports teams, he's not all that loved. I'm in Denver, where the Avalanche and the Nuggets, two of the best teams in their respective sports, are not on television. And here we are in mid-February. So Kroenke uh, is an interesting sports figure. Tom with Tom Ackerman, sports director, KMOX, in St. Louis, where the XFL rated a 7.0 over the weekend up against the defending Stanley cup champion blues a 3.1 nearly doubled. Now back to the Rams leaving town in 2015, is there lingering hope that the NFL could someday return to St. Louis?
3: I think that there's always that thought that if a team entertained coming here or if the league was interested, but I think right now, to be honest with you, St. Louis in general, just has had enough with the NFL and the thought of the league at the moment. Now, this is a big NFL city. Don't get me wrong. There are fans of teams all over the place. The Chiefs have a huge fan base here. When they just won the Super Bowl, people in St. Louis were very excited about that. The Cowboys have a big fan base here. The Bears, as we're right on the border of Illinois. Illinois is part of the St. Louis metro area. The Bears have a big fan base here. Packers, Broncos, Steelers. Again, biggest city without a team. So obviously the NFL is a big part of what goes on here. But I think, you know, there was so much put into an effort to build a new stadium. And and I think St. Louis still feels like it was sort of dragged along by the NFL, played as a pawn for this grand scheme to build a giant stadium in Los Angeles and to reap uh, television revenue in the the country's second biggest market. So I think all St. Louis can do right now is just be the best city it can be. And if a team at some point – were interested in coming, you know, that any time now it's sort of a running joke, like when the Chargers were struggling to gain traction and you had a lot of opposing fans in their stadium and that might still continue. People in St. Louis immediately are like, Chargers, come home. St. Louis Chargers, you know, and people just sort of have, having fun with it. St. Louis has a lot of pride and we'll see how it all turns out right now. There's no effort whatsoever. To go find an NFL team, but sure, I mean, people around here would listen. I'm curious:
2: are, is anybody still a Rams fan, or are they fans of rooting against
3: whoever the Rams play? Well, let me tell you this: this city was a huge Patriots town a year ago, and that would never happen. I mean, we are—we've been been slapped around by Boston teams, except for the Stanley Cup. Beating the Bruins, but this city has been knocked around by the Red Sox, the Patriots. Tom Brady's first Super Bowl win was against the Rams when they were in St. Louis. But last year, this city was rooting for the Patriots. There was a lot of hate watching, shall we say. Actually, the Rams' ratings were very big their first year in LA and their second year because of that quote unquote hate watching. People were watching to see them lose. I think that you'd be hard pressed to find a Rams fan around here they do still somewhat pay attention to that team. But again, I think the fans here are more spread out around other teams around the NFL. So can
2: you just refresh my memory, Tom? The, St. Louis was going to build a stadium. Cronkie said he didn't want to leave, and it was all just a joke that they left anyway. But St. Louis, unlike Sa- San Diego or Oakland, St. Louis said, we're going to build a a stadium.
3: St. Louis actually had a plan for a stadium on the riverfront. They had the governor of Missouri. They had St. Louis government talking about it and trying to push things forward. They had fans trying. They had town halls. The NFL was holding town halls here trying to to talk to fans about what was happening. and, And they were almost encouraging the St. Louis effort. Meanwhile, Stan Kroenke wasn't commenting on it, and he was continuing uh, to do his thing behind the scenes in L.A., it was all for naught. The, the whole the plan all along for Kroenke was to take the team out of town and to build something in Los Angeles. The reason that he did that is there was a clause in the contract that the Dome had to be among the top percentage of stadiums uh, according to its lease, and that was just impossible. I mean, there were new stadiums popping up all around since the Dome was completed in 1995. So there was no chance of that. The Dome did not have uh, enough renovations done. It wasn't up to par in terms of uh, its lease. So he had an out, and it didn't matter. Whatever happened here in St. Louis, the, all the efforts to try to build a stadium on the riverfront, uh, it was it was gone. So now St. Louis and the Rams' season ticket holders sued the Rams and the NFL. And actually have won. I mean, the PSO holders have had to have their uh, had their money refunded to them for the percentage that they still uh, held. They've been receiving checks in the mail. And then on top of that, there's still a lawsuit going on. St. Louis against the NFL. In fact, it got to the point where there were uh, some discussions about handing over the phone records of the owners of the NFL. I mean, I don't know that they want to they want to go there. Uh, During that time. So it's still ongoing and there's still a lot of, uh, a lot of blowback. It has calmed down somewhat because again, we've had a lot of great things going here, but at the time it was very hurtful. I mean, it was a a fan base that didn't understand why they can't have a better owner. I mean, you know, and he's doing what, what he set out to do, which was to make revenue period. And in doing so, he, took a team away from a, a, a group of fans and a city that did support it.
2: Tom, last one. And you might be the wrong person to ask on this, but I don't understand why isn't the XFL in more non NFL cities. Like it just, everything you've said seems to make sense. Like, I'm, I'm like shocked that they're not in Portland and San Antonio. And I don't know, Omaha or
3: whatever. Yeah, it's a great question. The reason is they wanted to be in front of as many eyeballs as possible and as many football fans as possible. So they put themselves in football-hungry markets. New York, Houston, Dallas, Seattle, Tampa, D.C., Los Angeles. We can argue whether it's a football market or not, but it's Los Angeles. It's huge. And then St. Louis is the smallest of the markets along with Tampa. Uh, what they've done is they put themselves in front of football fans. They don't compete with the NFL. They want to be an extension of the football season. It's kind of a time to fill the gap between the end of the Super Bowl and the start of the NFL draft. So they want football fans to just enjoy and have fun. It's a little different because it's a, a, just a step faster. They're trying to cut down on any downtime uh, between plays, etc. cetera. They also give you a little access on TV. It's a, it's a nice TV sport from that standpoint. And it's just a chance to enjoy the game of football for a little while. That's really their slogan is for the love of football. So that I totally get. I'd like to see where it goes from here. But I, I, I question that also at first in my mind. Now I understand. They want to be in big markets. They wanted to make an early splash. They're on big TV networks. TV executives want to see those ratings. And the first weekend they had, 22.5 million people sampled the XFL. That's pretty good. Like to see
0: the XFL stay out of big stadiums like your dome and like MetLife Stadium, but sometimes you just can't pull that off. Uh, Last question for you, Tom Ackerman, Sports Director KMOX. Uh, Shifting to baseball real quick, you are ultimately a baseball town. I'm fairly certain still a Cardinals town. What's the sentiment around the Cardinals, and at least from your listeners as well, should Rob Manford be fired?
3: Well, I I think that Rob Manfred has done a very poor job of handling this. I think there are a lot of sentiments here. Now, the Cardinals themselves don't feel cheated by any of this uh, from a competitive standpoint with the Astros, because rarely would they meet. But still, this is something where the Astros, this is not about the 2017 World Series and the World Series trophy. This is about baseball in general. This is about they've cheated – so many people out of so much money and career opportunities and it's been going on for so long and the commissioner has not handled this well, whatever, by not uh, how, uh, whatsoever, by not handing out the proper punishments. So, you know, I don't know. I, I think that the, there are fans here. There are listeners here that are putting some heat on Rob Manfred. Should he lose his job is certainly debatable. I think one thing you could consider here, and this would be drastic would be to, uh, punish the Astros and not allow them into the postseason for 2020. That's something where they might be able to save some face there. But right now, it's a bad situation. I mean, the Astros, who are located just south of where the Cardinals are in spring training, uh, are setting themselves up for a very rough year. They're going to get booed. They're going to get thrown at. Players are upset, and rightfully so.
0: Tom Ackerman, Sports Director, KMOX in St. Louis. Great to have you on the program. Appreciate the insight. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about Rob Manfred and his disastrous handling of the Astros sign-stealing cheating scandal. It just seems to get worse day by day by day. But now he's trying to do his own damage control for some stupid remarks about calling the Commissioner's Trophy, the World Series Trophy, a piece of metal. Manfred back in front of reporters yesterday attempting to quiet the storm around that and apologizing for those asinine remarks. Listen.
1: You know, I had a long day on Sunday. I think I did 45 minutes on camera, and then I did a press conference. Um, I have to say I made one mistake, um, at least, um, during that long day. And uh, that was in an effort to make a rhetorical point. I referred to the World Series trophy in a disrespectful way. And I want to apologize for that. There's no excuse for it. Um, I made a mistake. I was trying to make a point, but I should have made it in a more effective way. And again, I want to apologize for it. Um, I will say this, you know, I've awarded five World Series trophies. Um, There is no greater pleasure in this job than awarding that trophy. I understand what it means. And again, it was a mistake to say what I said.
0: Swing and a miss, a notion Rob Manfred should be familiar with. That is a swing and a miss of an apology. It was the sentiment that it is a piece of metal. John Lester, who has a couple World Series trophies, says they should take Rob Manfred's name off of that trophy. Says he made one mistake in that long day on camera. I can't think of one thing the commissioner has done right From the start of this process to where we are today, he has botched every single opportunity to quiet the storm. And now he's got the most popular athlete on the planet piling on LeBron James on Twitter saying, I don't play baseball, but if someone cheated me out of winning the title and I found out about it, I'd be fucking irate. I mean, uncontrollable about what I would or could do. He says, listen here, baseball commissioner. Listen to your players speaking today about how disgusted, mad, hurt, broken they are. The ball's in your court. You need to fix this for the sake of sports. Now, it's that point that LeBron made that... I don't think there is a fix right now, Ross Tucker. I would love to see him not discipline other teams or not go out of his way to discipline other teams for throwing at Astros. Let this thing play out because you had an opportunity to ban them from the postseason, do something like the Champions League did with Manchester City or take away that World Series title. Now, I don't believe there's anything he can do to fix the situation What am I missing? Um,
2: I don't think you're missing much. I think number one, I'm glad that he apologized for the piece of metal thing. He should. And, you know, it's not easy for people to apologize, especially when they're in positions of power like that. So I respect the apology from my buddy, Rob. He probably should have apologized to Jared Diamond, the Wall Street Journal reporter that he was sort of condescending and snarky with. Uh, But in terms of moving forward, three thoughts. Number one, they should vacate the title. That was the biggest mistake that they made. It should no longer say that the Houston Astros won the 2017 World Series. Nobody won the 2017 World Series. That was a big error and mistake by Manfred, number one. Number two, this whole notion of suspending the players, I guess I still don't know how you do that. Nobody, like, I hear everybody, oh, the players, the players. Tell me how you do it and tell me what it is. Let's stop just saying they should discipline the players. Tell me what you think it should be because it sounds like From Justin Turner, some of these guys, as long as they took away the World Series, that would have been enough. Is that considered disciplining the players? I need to know. And then the last thing is, you know, now they're going to change their rules on throwing the ball at at another player? Now they're going to change their rules and say it has nothing to do with the Astros? Dude, I mean, honestly, even if it doesn't have anything to do with the Astros – You can't possibly be that tone deaf to not realize everybody's going to think it has to do with the Astros.
0: Yeah, look, I just don't know retroactively. I think right now uh, your point about trying to take away that title, vacate that title, would be the only thing you might be able to do to quiet it. And for the notion of plunking Astros batters, I want to personally see it. It would make me feel some smug satisfaction to see Jose Altuve take one off the ass or Alex Bregman, or Carlos Correa, or the entire lineup. But I don't think it's going to happen because the commissioner's going to go out of his way to not let it happen. And that over-under we talked about yesterday, William Hill Sportsbook, 83 and a half, is the over-under. I actually would bet on the under. I'm going to hammer the under there. Every team wants to throw at them, but Major League Baseball will go out of their way to screw this up worse and to make you feel like you can't get retribution for stealing a World Series championship. Before we go, I gotta listen to Nick Markakis on how the commissioner has handled this entire Astros cheating scandal. Listen,
3: I feel like every single guy over there needs a beating. You know, it's it's wrong. They're messing with people's careers, and I think uh, I think they got off uh, they got off pretty easy. Um, you know, they're gonna be able to go out there and compete with no ramifications at all, which is wrong. And I think the commissioner completely handled it the wrong way you know I know a lot of people disagree with him and uh the way he handled this
1: situation he should be embarrassed of himself
0: is that your new favorite player in baseball Ross Nick Markekis says guys need to take a beating
2: I love it I love it and honestly uh, that's how I would feel and going back to when I was a player I look back on it now the guys that I suspected might have been taking performance-enhancing drugs. After the fact, at least one of them tested positive. Um, boy, that that rubs me the wrong way. I wouldn't talk to that guy if I saw him. I'd call him a piece of shit because not only, you know, did he beat me out for a job on some level, but you're taking, you're cheating and taking medicine, pharmaceuticals, drugs. That allow you to hit other people harder and hurt them more. Like, what are we talking about here? It drives me crazy. Absolutely crazy. Love Markekis. I told you, any team that plays the Astros, spring training, or this season, I am available. I will throw at them. And heck, I throw so poorly that I'll throw at their head. wouldn't hurt that much You get hit in the head with a 50-mile-an-hour fastball. Whatever, let's do it. I'll throw at their head, bench-clearing brawl. That'd be amazing. I miss physical violence. I would love to be a part of that. Plus, in baseball, nobody hits anybody anyway. But if the guy charged me, and I'm allowed to do whatever I want to him, oh, I daydream about having legal reasons to try to smash somebody's face. I miss it every day.
0: I I think what we need here is me to throw the ball as a former pitcher. And quite frankly, my specialty, Ross, was the HBP. I hit a lot of guys. I had terrible control as a pitcher. The one thing I did well is throw very, very hard. And I would come on in a closer and intimidate the other club. So what we need is me to throw it, guys. And then you come on to give the beating afterwards when the bench is clear. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in terms of that fraternity in baseball, because what you see pregame as, a lot of hugs, a lot of reuniting and handshakes. Will that be gone everywhere the Astros go? Will players throw at them? I'm not so sure. But what happens to that fraternity of baseball with the Houston Astros will be interesting to follow. That'll do it for us on a hump day. We're back tomorrow as our All-32 continues in the NFC East. The New York football giants, they have the pieces in place. New head coach, young quarterback, future Hall of Fame-looking running back, what are their needs in New York? We'll see you tomorrow. Hi, everyone. This is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 830 to 1030 a.m. exclusively on the radio.com app or at radio.com slash home. Home and Home.